eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Jim, what's up, man? How you doing? Dude, thank you so much for doing this. I'm great. No, no problem. Glad to do it, man. I mean, you're Jim Rome. Anytime you ask, I'm down to do it. Hey, what's cracking? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast, and welcome to episode 226. Now, if you missed Grant Hill last week, it's probably because we pumped out episode 225 late on Friday, but I promise you, you do not want to let that ep pass by without giving it a spin. So cue that up after you finish listening to this one because you do not want to miss this either. My guest, and I'm hyped for this, hyped for this. My guest this week is former NFL quarterback Chris Sims. My guy was a star in Austin with the Longhorns before having an eight-year NFL career, and he has been making an enormous impact as a broadcaster and an analyst since then. He's now the co-host of Pro Football Talk Live. He is the host of the Chris Sims Unbutton podcast, and he is the brain behind the Top 40 Quarterback Countdown, which just dropped. So... I cannot wait to stretch out and talk some football. So, in fact, I'm not going to. Let's get right to it. It's episode 226 of the Jim Rome Podcast with former NFL QB Chris Sims, and it's coming at you right now. All right, so this goes without saying, which means I'm going to say it. I am a big, big fan of the Sims family name, the Sims family brand. Any opportunity to talk to any of the Sims is a great opportunity. So I really appreciate you making time for this, Chris. Great to have you on this pod, man. How you living? How you doing? I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me on, man. I mean, come on. We're big fans of you. I mean, I know Dad likes you, but I even go back with you, and I know I've told you the story a million times, but since I was a little kid, you're the man to me. You really are. So anytime you want me on, I'm down to talk some ball with Jim uh, Rohn. I appreciate sure. that so much, Chris. I really do. And on, on every level, I appreciate that. You know I love your dad, and I really, really respect and appreciate you, and that means a lot coming from you, what you just said about me. So thank you very much. Listen, no your problem. legendary top 40 NFL quarterbacks list is out now it's official really really good stuff before we break this thing down i want to know what's your process for compiling that list and did you struggle with the top five or did it seem pretty cut and dry to you yeah it's so it, so you know the, the top five actually i kind of found pretty easy this year it depends on the year but i found like oh the top five i thought was pretty clear in my opinion you know where i hit some of the tough spots in this year and this year's one was kind of like in the category like 10 to 15 or 16. And I'll get into some of those guys as we talk here a little bit because it's very close and it's, you know, again, the middle-of-the-road quarterbacks who are franchise guys who might not be real special superstars, and that's always hard kind of cutting through 
what makes those guys better than the other. So that was probably the toughest spot for me this year. The list itself is it's not a career ranking. Hey, we all know Brady's the GOAT. Come on. We know that. But it's more it's right now. I'm it's predicated on where we are at this second. Do I project a little growth from some of the young quarterbacks and stuff? Yes, I do. Because I would say in years past, I've been burned by not projecting growth a little bit from some of these quarterbacks, whether it was year one to year two or year two to year three. And then the other thing Rome might do is, you know, take their team and what they're on right now out of the equation. We're all on a middle-of-the-road football team. There's no Josh McDaniel or Kyle Shanahan to formulate some unbelievable game plan to make the game easy on the quarterback. It's just an offense that's got, you know, a little bit of everything, but it's not special. So that's how I try to base this on and do my rankings as I study these guys so I don't get influenced by, oh, man, this team is really good. Oh, wow, look at this guy and what he's doing. But, oh, wait, it's just the screen pass that Debo Samuel. Everybody can do that. He ran for 80 yards. So that's how I have to put it in my brain to kind of cut through the BS. You know, oh, it's not all about wins and losses. It's a team sport, so we gotta we got to balance all that out. And that's kind of how I do it, Jim. All right, so I'm really glad I asked what the process is. That's really, really interesting, Chris. So what about the very top? As you mentioned, the top five was pretty clear-cut to you, but you've got Josh Allen on top. What separates him right here and right now from everybody else? I think Josh Allen is the greatest one-man show in the sport right now. And that was not easy. Between him and Mahomes, I think him and Mahomes are clearly the two best quarterbacks in the sport. You know, but with Allen, I think the one thing I take into account here is, you know, again, what he has for his team, right? They don't have superstars there. You know, they don't. They they have Stephon Diggs, and then they don't have a Travis Kelsey or McCole Hardman. They have guys that Emmanuel Sanders is not on a team right now. Cole Beasley, you know, he's starting the journeyman part of his career. There's no tight end. There's, you know, tight end Dawson Knotts is okay. And And my point to that is, that Josh Allen really makes it all work up there in Buffalo. They play through Josh Allen on both sides of the ball, and they just go, we're going to use this guy in every which way possible and put pressure on you with him and kind of force and dictate the pace of the football game through Josh Allen. One, it's the, most, it's the strongest arm in the sport, and especially the strongest arm in awkward positions, you know, moving around the pocket, jumping around that way, having the feet cockeyed, and still being able to throw a ball with the body in a weird position 50 yards across the field, seven feet off the ground. So that's the first thing. The talent is off the charts. He's the best running quarterback in football, too, not named Lamar Jackson. Other than Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen is the best running quarterback in the game, and that's, that's extending plays or scrambling and then setting up to make throws or scrambling and then running for a 60-yard run down the sideline or – I mean, come on. He's the first quarterback we've seen since Cam Newton where they go, hey, it's third and two. Let's pull the guard and have Josh Allen run behind him, and he'll take on the linebacker and run him over or make the guy miss and run for another 20 yards. So it's all of that and then predicated on he can play the position the right way. He knows how to read defenses, go through reads. He's an accurate thrower of the football while also being very aggressive in throwing the football. And I think that's why – He's officially the number one guy on my list. And, Jim, just to explain this, too, I didn't explain this part. The, the four big categories for me as an evaluator are, one, yes, the physical talent, you know, the arm, the legs, all of that. The second thing is the smarts, the ability to read the defense, play the game the right way. 
The third thing, leadership, effect on the football team. And the fourth thing would be how you play in the pocket, your ability to move in the pocket, still be in positions, make throws that way. Those are the four biggest things for me. Uh, I just wanted to add that on so you get a little more context to, to how I do it. I'm glad you did, too. Hey, now, are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Reach for a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty. It's tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying that way. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And clones, if you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? So, Chris, what about this? You mentioned, I was going to jump or get to this a little bit later on, but since you mentioned Lamar Jackson, let me ask you about this. When you look at him, obviously, as you point out, we know the guy can run the football unlike anybody else. He's absolutely electric. He's going to make plays with his legs. And it's a guy that his teammates unequivocally believe in. They love him. When he takes the field, they expect to win. Let me ask you this, though. When you look at him as a thrower of the ball in terms of pure arm talent, where do you rank him among the league's elite? You know, his arm, to me, this is where people miss out on Lamar a little bit. The arm is pretty damn good. You know, I'm not going to put it in the Mahomes, Allen, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers category, but I don't think it's far off from that. You know, he has got great power in his arm. He has he shows the ability to be able to throw with touch, and then you know the other thing I'll, I'll I'll point out to you, Jim, is just the fact that you know he's a guy that sneaky when you watch him, you go, damn, does he throw a lot of you know throw with a lot of different arm angles, sidearm, get it through the guard tackle gap there, do that, you know, being in awkward positions. So I, I am a more of a believer in him as a passer than most. I am. This year, honestly, was a little bit of a down year for him as a passer. It was, and not necessarily because of the way he threw the ball, but really more of the decision-making. That was the thing that jumped out to me and why he's 10. I did not go into this process thinking I would have him 10, but 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and you know, probably should have had a bunch of more interceptions, was a little fortunate that way. And I think the biggest thing was just – too, too aggressive in decision-making, too trying to make something happen too much on a consistent basis. And I think that's a little bit probably because they were injured in the running game and not the same, and he was trying to make, it up, make up for it in that department. But I thought that's where he slipped up a little bit this year. That's why he dropped just a few spots for me. All right, so Chris, I've heard you say in the past that Aaron Rodgers was your favorite quarterback ever. Yes. Did he did not crack the top four, though, this year. How do you see him no. now at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, he's still awesome. And I, it, trust me, it hurt my heart, too, to have him at five because I love Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, Brady's the GOAT. But the, the, all, the thing I always found, I find interesting is he is the GOAT, but I would say, like, Brady's best is not as good as some of the other best quarterbacks in the history of football. Like, I'm, if you're going to tell me – who I can have prime player in the prime of their career, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers one. I'm probably going to take John Elway two. I'm going to take Peyton Manning three. You know, I think in their primes, they were better than Tom Brady. Now, did they do it as long and as consistently good as Brady? No, and obviously that's a big part of it, and that's why Brady is who he is. Rodgers is amazing. His arm is still amazing. There's no doubt about that. 
You know, his control of the offense, all of that is special. There's no doubt. But the one thing is I watched, and I got Herbert and, you know, Joe Burrow in front of him, which I did not expect. But, you know, first off, those two guys are really good. They got a lot better as the year went on. And, yes, they might not be as smart as Rodgers and decision-making and all that, but they're not that far behind. They're, they're kind of generals of their teams as well. And then what really got me is – their ability to make things happen when nothing was there or their ability to be aggressive in big moments of the game when it's the most pressure-packed pressure, pressure packed spot of the football game. And to me, that's where Rodgers falls off a little bit. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert would never go down the way Aaron Rodgers went down against the 49ers in the divisional playoff game. And there's a, there's a handful of other games too, Jim, where I would come back and tell you, you know, uh, the Ravens game, the Browns game, very close football games that didn't need to be that close. If Rodgers didn't get so conservative in the second half, they never get to one score or nail-biting territory. And to me, that's the biggest difference. I pointed out some plays today on my pro football talk show with Florio and showed some plays from that 49ers game and going, look, this game, it really shouldn't, shouldn't have been 10-3. It shouldn't have come down to a block punt. Then now, oh, no, we might lose the game. And so Rodgers is still amazing, but he kind of feasts on the mediocre and the poor. And then, as you see, when we get to playoffs, really good quality teams, you know, that's the time where the quarterback's got to make plays to get his team over the hump. You've got to do something extraordinary. And to me, that's where he's lacked the last two years, and especially uh, last year, I thought, down the stretch, and even some games they won he kind of fell into that that trap as well. Mm, I get it. All right, so let me ask you this. Like, Chris, what did you think when the Browns gave up what they gave up to get Deshaun Watson? When you first saw that deal, and then how does that deal look to you right now? Yeah, I, when I first saw that deal, I said, wow. And I, the way I look at it now is I still go, wow. And I go, what the F were they thinking? I don't know if I can swear you can on say here fuck. or not. But, you can say uh, fuck. You're Chris okay, Sims. Good. You're Chris fucking Sims. All right, Sims, I will. Next time I won't fucking care and I'll say it. Yeah. So that that is, um, when I saw it, I just went, whoa. I mean, I, unbelievable. We're going to give the guy who's got this laundry list of problems the greatest contract in the history of football? You know, and the thing I come to and what I've public, you know, said publicly on my podcast and things like that, it's just that what the hell was Cleveland doing? You know, they obviously did not think this out very thoroughly. The fact that they thought they were going to be able to extensively flirt with Watson and then fly down there and meet with him and that they didn't think that was going to make Baker Mayfield angry. And then, you know, to say things to a guy like Chris Mortensen, that, you know, they need an adult in the room. They thought, like, oh, we'll be able to do this, and if Watson says no, we'll still have Baker back and everything will be good. I mean, that's as dumb as, like, the Packers not thinking Aaron Rodgers would get pissed off by them drafting Jordan Love at the end of the first round. <laughs> so I'm amazed that we're in this situation. And I don't expect Deshaun Watson to be playing football this year. And so they're in a tough spot. The Browns have a Super Bowl roster, and somebody in that organization decided to – go out on a limb and really risk everything for Deshaun Watson. And I kind of feel bad for the head coach because now he's stuck answering questions and having to deal with this Stefanski. And I really think it was probably a Jimmy Haslam, Andrew Berry type of decision or conversation that got this going. I agree with everything you just said, everything you just said. 
Trade pros. Whether you specialize in service or new construction, Ferguson knows firsthand how much work goes into a long day on the job, which is why we're committed to offering the products and solutions to get every job done right. With over a thousand locations, an unmatched selection of specialty products, tools, and supplies, our pro pickup and same or next day delivery, you can trust that doing business with Ferguson will be the easiest part of your hard day's work. Visit ferguson.com to find a counter location near you. So where does that leave Baker Mayfield? For instance, how do you think he responds to all of this? And then what kind of a player do you expect him to be moving forward once he gets healthy and he gets a fresh start? Yeah, and Baker Mayfield, they first is they screwed over Baker Mayfield. That's another point I've tried to make. This is the ultimate screw over. Hey, guy, that was the first pick of our draft and has made us relevant and put us back on the map and brought us back to the playoffs. Um, hey, um, we're going to go find somebody else and then not really get into the contract negotiation talks with you and then do it at a point where there's no seats left at the table. There's nowhere to go play. So you're kind of screwed. And then, and then there's nowhere to go and we're going to hold you hostage. I mean, it's really some BS what the Browns are doing to Baker Mayfield. It really is. It, they've kind of gotten away with it because everybody was talking about Deshaun Watson. But the treatment of Mayfield is ridiculous. And then what I would say with Baker Mayfield – Baker Mayfield is a really good quarterback. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I made him number 17 on my list. His talent is greater than 17. You know, and, of course, him playing hurt and, and playing through the injury has hurt his eyes and, and the, or hurt his perception in the eyes of sports media and the normal fan, and that's unfortunate. You know, He wasn't at his best, but he was gutting it out and trying to play through that. So I think you're going to have a motivated guy, but I just look at it and go – you know, man, it's going to be tough. If he goes to Carolina, they got talent, but he's going to get a late start on getting a hold of the, the playbook. And they certainly haven't made it easy for him, that's for sure. But, man, Carolina, Seattle, Detroit's still a team where I wonder if they would get involved with Baker Mayfield. He just seems to me like he would fit the mantra of biting kneecaps up there in Detroit. <laughs> uh but but it seems like it's going to be Carolina, you know, sooner rather than later. We're on the same page. I like him too. I think they handled yeah. that all wrong. You know, you might decide that yeah. he's not the guy, and we got to go in a different direction. But I think they handled that all wrong. And I like him. I like his grit. And I know if he's healthy and he's got that chip on his shoulder, he can be a very effective quarterback still. Yet, agreed. But Chris, what do you think? Like, I understand that Devonte Adams goes way back with Derek Carr. I understand that's his guy. But when he says that he thinks that Carr has similar talent and ability to. Aaron Rodgers, do you agree with that statement? Well, not totally. I think there are some similarities. I mean, Rodgers is, you know, our, Roger, when, now we have Mahomes and Allen, and they're going to challenge this aspect of Rodgers. But Rodgers is the most physically gifted quarterback in the history of football. I mean, before, you know, Allen and Mahomes, Rodgers, it's the strongest arm in the history of football, the quickest release in the history of football, you know. The greatest, one of the greatest gunslingers who doesn't turn the ball over in the history of football. You know, he's a great scrambler. So that's, that's lofty expectations for Derek Carr. But Derek Carr, you know, does not get enough credit for his physical ability, does have a really quick release, is incredibly accurate. The arm is good. It's not like, oh, wow, this is a special arm. But it's damn good. He can certainly make every throw. And the thing I like about Derek Carr the last two years is he's got a little bit more of a, you know, I don't give a fuck, fuck you kind of attitude. Leading the team, being the sergeant general, 
not afraid to be a jerk. Come on, who's had to do more at the line of scrimmage than Derek Carr the last few years? And he's played really well. He's arguably the best player on their football team, if not definitely the best. And, you know, Adams and I think and with Josh McDaniels and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, uh, that's going to be a good combination there, certainly. But, yeah, I'm not going to put Derek Carr in the class of Aaron Rodgers. But Derek Carr deserves more credit than what he gets, I think, publicly. All right, so let me sidebar with you for a minute. Like, we could do the entire list. The list is incredible. It's a great, great list. I know you can run down every 41 of these guys, and it'll be a great listen. But if I were to say to you, and I'm just saying this hypothetically, you you had a really, really great athletic career. I'm saying let's let's just separate for a minute you, the, the normal person in the world, right? Like, you had a great college career. You had eight right. years in the NFL. Like, you're a really freaking good athlete who had a really great athletic career. If I were to say to you, Chris, you look at everything you accomplished at Texas, you look at your NFL career, but if I were to say to you, my man, as much respect as I have for you on the field, and I do, I think you're having an even better career off the field. Would you take that as a compliment or would you say, now hold up now, that's really not fair. And by the way, I don't think I get enough credit for what I did on the field. No, I, I would take that as a compliment. I, you know, honestly, I think we're probably maybe at the point where that's really a reality. You know, my, my career, it, it didn't, you know, quite go the way I wanted to or live up to the expectations. I was the number one quarterback in high school. I almost left early my junior year in college to come out in the draft. And then I threw three interceptions in the Big 12 championship game against Colorado. And I went, oh, I think I need to come back. No one's going to like me anymore. And, you know, the NFL, just as I got going and became a playoff quarterback and my career was just about to go, that's where I lost my spleen. And, you know, that was unfortunate, but it's the price of doing business. And, yeah, my career kind of fizzled out from there. I kind of just tried to get healthy, and I hung on for a few years, basically. But, you know, it, you know again, but what I've done here is, hey, I, I have had, I've rised pretty quickly. I study the sport hard. I love it. I'm passionate about it. I live it. And I'm in a pretty good spot with my job at NBC. And uh, I'll take that as a compliment, Rome, because my career was nothing special as a player. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's going right now uh, in this business. And now a message from Discover about rewards. If you are a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, like cashback match, for instance. Discover matches all the cash back that you have earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. I got to tell you something, dude. I think where I, where I come out on this is I've done this long enough to, kn- to know right now that I just think people, fans are so jaded and they don't really understand. Like what you accomplished as an athlete is like the elite, elite, elite. I mean, are you going to be in the Hall of Fame? No. But the fact that you made it to the NFL, stayed in the NFL, was grinding in the NFL, suffered some just crazy, devastating injuries. I mean, the upper one, 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 one percent of one percent. But at the same That's time, right. and I've always said this, and it's different now. The world's different. You know, you're younger and you've done this. Your dad would understand this better. But before the world became what the world is and there was social media and everybody who had a fucking phone had a show, athletes right. would come to me and say, hey, what advice do you have for me? And I'd say, listen, here's my advice for you. It's not going to be the same as being on the field. Nothing will ever be like that, but you right. have to attack it that way. You have exactly. to treat it that way. And you understand that. You understand that. And in a world where there everybody is being fought to be seen and heard, you want to be able to do so without being an ass clown or an ass hat. And you've done that. So I, I meant that. 
I respect your athletic career to the nth degree, but I think, frankly, dude, because you are so young with so much upside still yet, you're going to have a much better career off the field, and that to me is always a compliment to athletes who had good careers. And I just want to make right, that point. Right. Before you go, no, I do want to say really, one thing about – go ahead, dude. I'm sorry. It. I really do. I appreciate it. And you're right, and I try to tell myself that sometimes about my career, just real quick. I get, yeah. you know, I think if my name was Joe Smith and I was from the middle of Iowa, I'd go, damn, that was a pretty special thing. You know, but unfortunately, I grew up in a household with a guy that won two quarterbacks, or I should say, fortunately, it won two Super Bowls, and my ex, and he played for 15 years, so my expectations were higher. That's that's where sometimes I got to tell myself that, like, hey, my expectations were a little jaded because I had a guy that was, you know, a border borderline Hall of Fame quarterback who was my dad. Uh, but yes, all good, and I really do appreciate the compliment. And you're right, I I try to approach the job like I'm still playing quarterback. I mean, my wife sees me. I get home and I'm like, hey, I got to sit down and watch film and do this. And she calls me a psycho. And that is kind of the same intensity I approach playing the game at with. Yeah, but and by the way, and this is why you have these opportunities, and this is what it takes. And I'm so glad that I let you answer that because that's where I was going to go before I let you go. Your dad, Phil, is one of my favorite guys in the business, literally. I mean, like, again, I have immense respect for what he accomplished as a player, but I've spent a fair amount of time around him. He is an awesome dude, and I see the way he treats everybody. And I'm not just talking about the other stars on the set. I see how he treats everybody. He treats right. everybody great. Dude, he is, and he loves the game, man. He loves him some ball. I want to ask yes, you, Chris, before you go, what was it like, two-part question, what was it like to grow up the son of Phil Sims, and then what do you think it was like for him to be your father and probably live and die with all the highs and lows of watching his son play the same position? Yeah, good good question. Uh, it, you know, gr- it, growing up to be Phil Sims' son, come on, it was amazing it was as cool as it gets you know to wake up on and of course I was really when my dad retired I was 14 years old so I really got to see his career and to wake up on Sunday mornings and be like oh damn we're going to Giant Stadium today and dad's playing Reggie White and the Eagles like the, 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 the those emotions that go through your body there that cannot be replaced it was special being a part of that seeing the highs and lows, some of the lessons I learned, you know, just from watching my dad or how fans reacted to him. It made me mature, you know, because of course, Hey, I was, I sat in the stands. We weren't in like a, in a, in a luxury box. Me and mom sat in section 236 on the mezzanine because I could see in the second level. So I like to see the whole field. And did I hear people, you know, Sims sucks, F U Sims, all that type of stuff. Yeah, I did. So I learned the business quickly. Uh, but there was way more positives than negatives, and it, it, it even helped me with my career as far as an athlete because, you know, I think some kids, it can go either way when you're the son of a, an, a football player or a sports star. It's either, whoa, this is awesome, and I want this, or, whoa, this is crazy, this is not for me, and I'm going to find my own avenue. And I was one of those guys that was like, this is awesome. I, I, I'm going to work my ass off because I want to be this. And I relished walking into a gym or a peewee football field and hearing, you know, people with the parents go, oh, there's the Sims kid or, you know, and, and the chatter. I was, okay, they, they, they want to see the Sims kid. They're going to see it today. I'm going to score 30. I'm going to throw four touchdown passes. So I love that aspect of it. And it was a great childhood other than when my dad lost because when he lost, then that means like we, we're going to have a, 
it was going to be an unfriendly week. He was going to sit there on Sunday and stare at the TV all day, and Monday was going to be quiet and a bad mood. And then, you know, when it got to Tuesday and Wednesday, Parcells was probably still yelling at him, so he'd come home and be quiet then too. But it was amazing, Rome. And then as far as for him, you know, with my career, dad was great growing up. He never pushed me or never was crazy dad. He just let me play and enjoy it. And then when I got to, like, my freshman year of high school, and I started on varsity as a freshman, that's when he started a little bit like, hey, you better work hard. I mean, you're going to be playing against some big kids, some mature kids. And he started to get into me a little bit about, hey, you know, when you do this, when you throw, think about this a little bit. He he didn't get to go to a whole lot of games because he was announcing games. But that was when, you know, he started to at least lead me in a direction a little bit. And as far as him watching my games, you know, I wish I could have witnessed it. But my brother, sister, mom, they always tell stories about it because he'd turn down the volume. He didn't want to hear the announcers. And he'd be pacing in the back of the family room and yelling at the TV and doing all that stuff. So I wish I could have saw it. But uh, Dad is, a, is an amazing guy. And uh, he, uh, he would never treat people bad. If I, my only rules growing up were like do good in school and treat people the right way. If if I got in trouble ever, it was because I wasn't polite or anything like that, and he wasn't going to stand for that. And, uh, yeah, Dad's my dad. He's awesome, and he's also my best friend. God, that's beautiful, man. It, it was a good question and a much better answer. And, you know, I only see him like the – you know, I've done that show, the NFL Today and CBS, for a number of years. So I seem like eight times a year, seven times a year. But I'm telling right. you, the, the great thing is, you know, now that Parcells isn't in his ass, he's always in a good <laughs> mood, dude. He's always happy. He treats everybody the same way. And my man, he can bust chops like nobody, but in a good oh, way. Oh, I know he can. He's just like, yo, <laughs> yo, Jim Rome, those are some nice shoes, man. What those run you? You know, like constantly like that. But such a good, good dude. He is a great Thanks dude. A lot. The future will be great, but today is just as incredible. Meet Nissan's most advanced lineup. If you can't get enough adrenaline, there is the all-new 400 HP Nissan Z. Or, for your off-road adventures, check out the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. And for something more electric, there is the stylish Nissan Aria. So, let's enjoy the ride. 2023. Aria and Z, not yet available for purchase. Expected availability this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Does he finally, does he he Christopher you still? Yeah, oh yes. He Christophers me to death, no (laughs) doubt about it. Yes, I am Christopher and he still corrects people when they're around me and they call me Chris. And they're like, you know, we named him Christopher. That's what he'll say, you know. So he's uh, he's always trying to, to still live with that name there for Dude, sure. Dude, he, he does it when you're not around, too, so I just want to confirm that. He does that on Sundays. <laughs> makes me laugh. Anyway, man, I, I can't even tell you, Chris, that, that, that was so good. I understand the grind. I understand your schedule. I understand what you have in front of you. To make that kind of time for this podcast, I can't tell you how much I respect it and I appreciate it. You are doing an amazing job. You're having an amazing career. Nothing but love and respect from here. I really do appreciate that so much. Same here, Jim. You're the man. I mean, you really are. Thanks for having me on, and I loved it. I love coming on these like podcast form. It's great because I can explain my answers and we can really talk. So uh, I really enjoyed it, man. Anytime you want me, you just let me know. As if it weren't obvious, I am an enormous fan of the Sims family. Phil, obviously one of my favorite guys in the entire industry, and as you just heard. 
Chris is not a bad dude either. In fact, he's incredible. I could chop it up with him about quarterbacks all day long, and I really appreciate the way he talked about his father and his family. That was awesome. In fact, I really am happy for those 30 minutes. I could have done 30 more easy. So my thanks to Chris Sims. Now, if you're looking for conversations like that one, we have plenty more already in the can because the fact is we are on a freaking heater here on the original Side Hustle, a 226-episode heater. Throw any of them on. They're all still worth the listen. And consider subscribing so every new episode will find its way to you and you don't have to go looking for it. All you have to do is hit play. So if you wouldn't mind, find the subscribe button, smash it, and thank you in advance, and I'm out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.